Well, good morning, friends. How are we doing this morning on this super windy morning? Everyone doing all right? Yeah. yeah. Hey, let me look in the camera. Welcome all of you watching online. You are a part of us and you guys stay safe and uh, love you guys watching in the living rooms and in the vehicle. If you're traveling right now, just set me aside. Just listen. Don't stare at me. Okay, here we go. Well, we are in a teaching series titled Holy Spirit, and welcome to part two. If you missed any of part one, jump online at theradiantlife.church. Hit the media page, and it's right there. My boss, Pastor Chris Conrad, brought part one last week, and I'm excited because I get to bring part two and the rest of this series for us. And um, I, I told first service, I'm going to tell you guys, I have no idea how long this series is going to last. That scares me. <laughs> I always know how long every series will last. This one, meh, who knows? We're just going to go with the flow, all right? Like that wind out there, we're just going where the wind blows, all right? I, I don't know. I, I, prom I, I think this will lead us up to Christmas more than likely. I think it's that important. I don't want us to miss out. I don't want us to miss out because you have to understand there is virtually no Christian life without the Holy Spirit. There is none. And I think this is one of the most important series we have ever done together in the five and a half years I've been with you all. I think this series has the potential, if you're willing to lean into, that can transform your life, that will empower you, that can fill you and set you free from some very strong addictions in your life, if we lean into it. Now, I know, I think what's funny about our faith is if you're, if you're a Christian this morning and you follow Jesus, I think this is what's really funny. We're good talking about God. We're comfortable. As a Christian, we're probably comfortable talking about Jesus. But holy who? We kind of get, honestly, if we're truly, we think this is Cousin Eddie of the Trinity. Right? Just stay over there, Cousin Eddie. Hopefully you behave yourself, you know. If we're, if we're honest, we are. That we kind of push off Holy Spirit a little bit. And many of you would be like, Ryan, I was just starting to like this church, and now it's going to get all weird. Right? You're talking about Holy Spirit. I'm going to tell you, we're not going to make it weird at all. Can I just, God is a God of order. And we have seen the Holy Spirit been abused by humanity many times. What I'm asking is that you and I would hit reset with Holy Spirit and come with a biblical foundation as we journey together of trying to understand what the Holy Spirit is. Who is the Holy Spirit? What does the Holy Spirit do in our lives? I love this quote from Christine Kane, and it was brought last week. It's worthy to bring every single week. It's that good, right? It says this, Holy Spirit isn't weird. People are weird. And sometimes weird people represent Holy Spirit in weird ways that end up causing otherwise normal, honest, and fervent Christ followers from being open to the non-weird work Holy Spirit, what the Holy Spirit to do in our lives. I love that quote. And what I'm asking us is a blank page to set aside maybe our bad experiences or what we've seen, what we hear, heard, maybe some misperceptions of Holy Spirit. We set it aside and can we journey together for a little bit? We're going to go up on the hill of Holy Spirit and try to understand things. Yes, my language represents 
what Pastor Chris Conrad brought last week. I do say Holy Spirit. I try my best to personify Holy Spirit because Holy Spirit is a person, right? How many times do I say, and then the Jesus said, we don't say that, right? We say Jesus said, and it's the same with the Holy Spirit. Again, that definitive article is there sometimes and sometimes not there in Scripture. It's just Holy Spirit. So forgive me, let's journey in together. Um, if you're wondering why he says Holy Spirit and not the Holy Spirit. So let's get it set up. I'm going to tell you right now, this is a series you want to bring a notebook and take a lot of notes. All right? So if, if you don't have it this week, I'm going to encourage you, go back and watch this message because I'm going to fly through a lot of things this morning, and we're going to cover ground. Where are we going with Holy Spirit? Okay, we got to know, do you know you can do two things to the Holy Spirit? You can quench the Holy Spirit, and you can grieve the Holy Spirit. What does that look like in our lives? We're going to talk about that. How about this? If you follow Jesus, do you know you have a spiritual gift deposited in your life by the living God, by Holy Spirit into your life? Do you know that? 90% of followers of Jesus, Christians, have no idea what their spiritual gifting is. We're not living into the purpose of what God has called us to. We don't even know it. We're going to spend a whole Sunday understanding what, what are these gifts and how do we use them. We're going to spend a whole Sunday um, talking about misunderstanding the gifts. Because if you've seen some of the gifts that the Holy Spirit gives, and we're going to go over it in a beautiful way, in a gentle way, sometimes humanity abuses those gifts. And we're going to talk about that as well. And there's so much more. I'm excited. So turn to your neighbor, say, buckle up. Turn to your other neighbor. If, if you got another one, tell them, start taking notes. All right, here we go. And I realized something. I, this is going to be like drinking from the Holy Spirit fire hydrant. Like, I understand that. Let's journey together. Remember, we're on, we're, on this, we're on this journey together, right? Not to be weird, but to understand. Where's God? He's in heaven. Where is Jesus? The right hand of the Father interceding for you. Every time you pray, Jesus is interceding to the Father on your behalf. Where's Holy Spirit? Should we not know who's inside of us? Should we not know that? And not in a weird, scary way. You know what I want to do? I want to de-spookify Holy Spirit. I do. It's been misbehaved. Let's journey in together. So Acts chapter 19 is where we're going to start. This is the setup. Why this series is so important, and I think this is where a lot of Christians are today. Acts chapter 19, what happens in Acts chapter 1 and 2? The birth of the church. It's known as Pentecost. The Holy Spirit comes down. Remember, Jesus told, tells the 11 disciples, hey, you're going to go do this great commission thing. Why 11? Because one, took, one already betrayed Jesus and went off. And he told the 11 disciples, you're going to go, go and baptize them in the name of the Father. Go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit. But he says, don't go do that. you got to wait till something more powerful comes. And when the, that power comes on you, then go do my work. Right? And that's how Acts chapter 1 and 2 begin. It's the work of the Holy Spirit comes down. And then Acts chapter 19, we're going to jump in, starting in verse 1. It says this, while Apollos was at Corinth, there's where you and I get First and Second Corinthians from, that church. They're writing a letter to that church. Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus, fourth largest city at the time in the ancient world, large port city. Take Las Vegas lifestyle, mix it with the ginormous of New York City, you get Ephesus. And we have the book in our Bible, Ephesians, writing to that church. 
And there, Paul found some disciples. He's going to ask him a question. He found some followers of Jesus, those who have given their life to Jesus, and he's going to ask them a question. And here's the question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And I wonder for a minute if they pondered, like, who's this Holy Spirit? And maybe they start talking, but they answer Paul's question. And they say, no, we haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And I think that's still the case today. Many believers love God. They're thankful for Jesus. They're thankful for the forgiveness of sins, but have no idea that Holy Spirit is inside of them living. And then they understand, okay, I have Holy Spirit. Now what? What do I do with Holy Spirit inside of me? What is the role of Holy Spirit inside of me? And the reason why I think for a lot of us we've never experienced the fullness of Holy Spirit is because Holy Spirit has given a bad rap by many people. Many people. We're afraid of him. We, our theology is based on bad experience, experiences and what we've seen or not seen. Or just total confusion of, I don't, I don't know this part of the Trinity. You have God, Jesus, and Holy what? Right? We don't know this part. I want to de-spookify, and I want to get every man-made sensationalism out of Holy Spirit. What that means is a lot of times when people abuse Holy Spirit, they just are overwhelmed and they act out of their, the heightened senses. That's what sensationalism is, right? And we need to get man-made out and just come to a knowledge of, let's get a biblical standing of who is inside of us. Who's inside of us? Again, this quote was brought up last week. Totally worthy of bringing it up again. John Brevere says this, without Holy Spirit, Christianity is dry, monotonous, and mundane. That can explain a lot of Christians. Without the Holy Spirit, our labor is draining and wearisome. Can I rip my heart open right now? I'm going to tell you now, I truly believe if COVID never would have happened, I would have been burnt out from ministry and gone somewhere else. Totally believe that. I would have probably quit ministry altogether. I was running at a pace that I was relying on my own gifts and ability. COVID slowed me down and all of us down so much that Holy Spirit met me in places I never knew I needed him. And now he's saying, let's partner together and build my church. Can I rip my heart open and say this? What God taught me this summer Ryan, you've done a great job building my church. Now what happens if we partner together? Watch out. <laughs> Confessed. I've been doing it. And the giftings that you have given me, not God, and not a partnership. And I need you. COVID was the best thing that would have happened to me in my spiritual walk. And I praise God for that. And I know that's not everyone's story. Some of you are like, COVID! But it was, it was so healthy for me. I'm fired up. I'm ready. I'm ready. You desperately need Holy Spirit in your life, and you'll enjoy him a lot. I promise you. He isn't a weird person. He isn't a person to sit there and go, you're weird. Stay over there. Like, I'm all in as long as you behave yourself. 
we're going to enjoy him a lot. You sit there and go, why don't Christians have joy and peace? Because we ought to be marked by joy and peace. I'm curious if we haven't let Holy Spirit fully take a hold of our souls and get us there. Joy and peace, joy and peace. So, if you will, let's journey together. Let's journey together. What I want to do this morning is reintroduce him because I think Pastor Chris Conrad did a fantastic job of a foundational level. And I just felt this week I had to give another foundational level before we dig deep into some other things. And uh, you have to know Holy Spirit, the word Holy Spirit is used over 800 times in Scripture. 800 times. Your translation may say Holy Ghost, Right? You know, a lot of times when you hit a Pentecostal or a charismatic, they're like, Holy Ghost. And some of us are like, I don't want anything to do with no spooky ghosts, right? Just stay away from me, spooky ghost. But we want to dis- demystify that. Our English translators actually had a very difficult dilemma. that We couldn't fully grasp in an English term what was meant by Holy Spirit every time Scripture used it. And so I want to give you the two instances, the two words in Scripture that is for spirit or Holy Ghost, depending on your translation that you used. The Older Testament, the Old Testament is written in the language of Hebrew. The Hebrew word, every time the word spirit or Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit's used, is this word, ruach. Let me hear you say ruach. One more time, because you didn't spit enough. You got to get way back there. Like, all right, you ready? Ruach. Oh, I had something come up there. Hold on. Oh, stop it. You did too. You just didn't have a mic to say it. Here's what every time the word rock is used, here's the literal meaning of it. It's a wind, a breath, a violent exhalation, or a blast of breath. Do you see the dilemma English translators might get into? How do we describe the presence of God with this? So they use the word spirit. Right? It would be weird if they decided, like, we're going to call it the breath of God always on us. Like, the, people can get weirded out by that, right? But here's an example of where the word ruach is used in Scripture. Genesis 1-2. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the ruach, or the Spirit of God, was hovering over the waters. That's one. So ruach was the Old Testament term for spirit or ghost, for the presence of God. The New Testament is written in Greek. So we have to understand the, the language changes here. What is that word used for spirit or ghost in the New Testament referring to the presence of God? It's this word, pneuma. Let me hear you say pneuma. See, Greek is so much easier than Hebrew. Like, it is. Like, you really always in Hebrew got to get to the back there, and then you just say Greek, pneuma. So much easier. Pneuma, watch this. A current of air, a blast of breath, a strong breeze. We're beginning to see how difficult the English translators was like, how do we fully grasp the presence of God in our lives? So we use the term spirit and ghost. And here's what um, Jesus' words. This is how one phrase that pneuma was used. John 6, 6, or 63. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of the pneuma. They're full of the spirit and life. In other words, your faith is full of spirit and life. There's energy to it. It's the breath of God, the presence of God in our lives. And we have made the Holy Spirit something to be afraid and resist. And by golly, I want us to leave this series that we are desperate for Holy Spirit in our lives. 
that we are desperate and we understand if you're a follower of Jesus this morning, who is living inside of you, what is the role, and tap into it because he's there for a reason. He's there for a reason. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to give us four characteristics or attributes of Holy Spirit based on the idea of wind. Because that's the way a lot of scripture is used. We looked at Ruach and Numa, and it's like this wind and all that stuff. And today, we have a wind advisory for today, right? 50 miles, some of you almost got blown out, blown away in the parking lot coming in, right? What a great time to have a wind advisory when we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit and how he's like wind in our lives. So four characteristics this morning. We're going to jump in together. Number one, wind is unseen, Wind is unseen. Wind is blowing. You step outside. You don't see the wind. You see the effect of the wind, the leaves blowing all over the place. But you never see wind, right? And you can step outside and say, oh, this feels good. I like this. But then you go inside a building, and you're in a worship set. And you step into that worship set, and you're worshiping, and you're like, oh, this feels good. And then your neighbor, you may sit there and you're like, oh dear God, what are they feeling right now? You have no idea what they're experiencing. And you're like, man, don't you just feel that? Oh yeah, Scott, I feel your presence right now. And you may be over here saying, man, I ain't feeling that. What are you feeling? I, wanna, I may want to feel what you're feeling. What is that? Right? And in scripture, here's what Jesus has to say about this in John chapter 14. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. Watch this. He's going to help you, and he will always be with you forever. It's the spirit, the pneuma of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him, it's unseen, or knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. My prayer for you is that every Sunday as we pray together as staff at 9 o'clock in the morning for our services, that you would feel and experience the presence of God in this place. Man, I want this series to be, look, some of us are just floating out in the ocean right now. I want this series and understanding the power of who Holy Spirit is to be the wind in your sails to get you moving again. Not just monotonous and dry anymore. That our spirit and our flesh are, have died to the worldly things and we're sitting there going, God, whatever you have for me, I want it. I want it. Put wind back in my sails so I can go. I was listening to one of my favorite pastors one time in a huge church and he always has a hard time getting out to the lobby um, and he, he managed to sneak around one, a back way one time. He got off stage and uh, his prayer was very similar to our prayer. Like we pray that you would experience and feel the presence of God. And uh, he got done and a gentleman came up to him. And this is a large church. He doesn't know everyone in his church. But the gentleman said he was a new guest. And he's like, hey, thanks for coming. Like I really appreciate you coming to our services and checking us out. And uh, he was a real kind of hillbilly guy. And he's like, yeah, pastor. Pastor, I tell you, man, there was something in that room this morning. And he's like, yes, right? Because the pastor knew it was the Holy Spirit was meeting with us. But this guy that doesn't do church knew, like, there's something in that room. And he says, Pastor, I want that something right there. And he's like, great, come back. You know, will you come? He's like, oh, I'm definitely coming back, Pastor. Pastor, that was one hell of a sermon, by the way, right? 
And he's like, hey, good, you come back, keep experiencing the presence of God. And by the way, you keep experiencing the presence of God, he'll work on your language too, all right? So come on back, come on back. It's when. What was that guy there for? Not an institution, but the presence of God. That's why he was there. And I want us to get wind in our sails again that we can go and be filled with his spirit to battle things in life that you know you're battling right now. Here's the second thing, the second characteristic is wind is unpredictable. I was standing out in the lobby in between services watching the way the leaves blow. And they were blowing hard. Like we had the south wind and it was blowing all the leaves to the north. And I was getting excited because I'm like, yeah, baby, I was watching my leaves. Like keep on blowing, baby. Just get out of my yard. And then all of a sudden it, the wind shifted. And all of a sudden now it's coming out of the, uh, the whatever the way that is. West, it's coming out of the west. All the leaves are blowing to the east all of a sudden. I mean, out of nowhere, it shifted. Wind is unpredictable. I don't know if you've ever seen this at an airport, but outside of the control tower that has tons of instruments to help planes go in the right direction and everything, they have what's called a wind cone or a wind sock. It can help also the, tower, the people in the tower in case their instruments went down. They can see what way the wind is moving and make the correct course adjustments for the pilots to take off safely. But it also gives, in case the comms go out in the pilot, the pilot can see the wind sock or the wind cone and know, hey, actually the wind just shifted. This is not the correct course. I have to adjust. The problem what we've done with Holy Spirit is say, please fit in this box, don't scare me. And I want to take this box and put it in my head so that only I can understand. And the problem is God never works that way all the time. God will mess you up if we try to put him in a box. Watch what James, the half-brother of Jesus says, or I'm sorry, John says this. Jesus answered, the wind, it's the one time that the English translators used wind instead of pneuma right here. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear the sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the spirit, the pneuma. It can blow wherever it wishes. Now, often I see, um, you know, God barely, rarely does the same thing over and over the same way. Like, there's only one instance that we know of that God chose to speak to someone through a burning bush, right? His name was Moses. You ever really thought about that story? Like, Moses, get this, this is a bush, and it's burning, but it's not being consumed by the flames, okay? Number one, that's weird. Number two, Moses actually talked to this thing. That's weird. But never in Scripture do we ever have another instance where God chose that way to speak to people. We just don't have it. God did so many miracles, so many healing of blind people. I, he did it in so many different ways. For instance, in, in Mark chapter 8, I believe, um, friends were bringing their friend to Jesus because he was blind. And they're like, hey, we hear about this Jesus. We just want Jesus. He's been healing people. He's probably just going to touch your eyes. And maybe just speak the word and you're going to be healed. And so the friends bring their friend to Jesus and says, hey, Jesus, heal him. He's blind. And I'm sure, again, the friends are sitting there going, he's only going to touch your eyes or he's going to say words and you're going to be healed. This is going to be awesome. And you know what Jesus does? 
He makes mud spit. Takes that mud spit and put it in their friend's eye. I imagine their friend sitting there going, oh dear God, that is sick. Oh, I just, Jesus, I just, oh my gosh, I'm going to throw up right now. I just wanted you to touch his eyes. We did not tell him you're going to make mud spit and put it on his eyes. Why didn't Jesus do the same thing over and over? I don't think God does the same thing over and over because we'll start worshiping the system and it's not worshiping him. It's unpredictable. It goes this way. It goes that way. Be careful taking or be careful tucking your God into something only your brain understands because you'll worship that system. Be careful. His third attribute, the wind, the wind is powerful. Uh, you, guys, you guys experienced it coming into this service. It's blowing. It's powerful. We know that wind generates electricity, right? Am I the only one? These things actually terrify me. Anyone else? Like you make this one way about Indiana like just east of Fort Wayne, and you go into Ohio, and it is lined with miles. I hate looking at them. It terrifies me. And then sometimes you see a, um, a truck, semi-truck, hauling one of those wind blades. In. That is freaky big. I think I realize I have a fear of big things. That's what I, I would punish someone by strapping them to one of those things and just whipping them around and around. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. I've thought of that, though, not to punish someone but myself. Maybe that's why I'm scared of these things. But wind is powerful. It can generate electricity and do amazing things. It's powerful, and it's powerful to do destruction as well, to completely devastate cities and communities. Some of us are facing things in life right now that human power cannot fix. Acts chapter 1 but you will receive what, friends? Power. One more time, because we didn't say power with enough power. Ready? But you will receive power. power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. When the Holy Spirit comes on you. I want us to get closer to the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. I love what Charles Finney, a Presbyterian minister, said. Uh, he was part of the Second Great Awakening. As a Presbyterian minister, he was wrestling with his faith. He was realizing that his faith was very lifeless, and he was not satisfied with it. And so then all of a sudden, he had an encounter and was filled with the Holy Spirit. And this is what he says after wrestling with lifeless faith. The Holy Spirit descended upon me in a manner that seemed to go through me, body and soul, I could feel the impression like a wave of electricity going through and through me. Indeed, it seemed to come in waves and waves of liquid love, for I could not express it in any other way. It seemed like the very breath of God. For many of us, we are like Charles Finney. We may have a lot of head knowledge but have never really activated and released the Holy Spirit fully in our lives. There's power. Some of us here today, you're mission critical. Your human power can't fix your marriage that you're trying to fix. Your human power cannot fix your jobs, your kids, your emotions, your addiction, or your faith. You need the presence and power of Holy Spirit in your lives. And that's what I'm asking for us to do, to take a journey to understand that together. Not be weird. we got to take the weirdness because Holy Spirit is not weird. Holy Spirit is a gentleman, and he comes gently on us. He's the one that lives in us. Here's the last thing. Holy Spirit's refreshing. Wind is refreshing. 
I have a life goal. I have several life goals, but here's one. I want to do this someday. It's the bucket list. I just want to go top down, hit Coastal Highway 1, and travel all of California. And I, you know what? If you see me do it, I'm 100% throwing my hands in the air. I can do that and drive. You know why? Because my knee is big enough. I can hold that steering wheel and do that. You watch me. No, I can't say that. I was going to say, you watch me in town and I don't have hands. You know I'm doing this. God wants you refreshed. Refreshed. He wants you refreshed. And if we're going to live into our faith that Jesus paid a high price on the cross for, there's more for us, friends. And I love this verse in 1 Corinthians 2.9. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed it to us by his pneuma, by his spirit that lives in you. So what am I asking for the next several weeks? That you and I go on a journey together. Let's put our put everything that we experience to the side and say, God, I'm coming with a blank page, hit reset with Holy Spirit in my life. Ephesians chapter 4 says this, don't grieve God, don't break his heart. His Holy Spirit moving and breathing in you is the most intimate part of your life, making you fit for himself. Don't take such a gift for granted. And as the worship team makes their way up, I want to close with three things. What am I going to ask for you and I as we journey together? Number one, can we let go of fears and misperceptions? Can we just let them go? Again, I'm going to rip my heart open. Listen, I saw Holy Spirit be abused in ways at a service one time. I walked in and I was like, oh my gosh, what is happening? And I realized I saw that in my middle school years. And it came to a a realization over the summer that I had been going like this to Holy Spirit in my life because I saw it abused and I didn't want anything a part of that. Our staff went through a book right before COVID hit called Holy Spirit and um, every chapter had questions to write answers to and I'm a guy that reads a book and I'm like, questions, next chapter, let's go. But this book, I answered every question. And I wrote a confession in there, a confessional prayer. It says, God, I'm sorry that I've neglected a third of you. I've put my hands up and I didn't want it because I saw it abused. Can we just journey together and let go of fears and misperceptions? Can we live into Proverbs that says, trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. That's what I want to do with this series. I pray that you would also, we would trust God first, but will you trust me? That I'm going to do it in a gentle, loving way. We will not get out of order. God is not a God of uh, disorder or chaos. But let's journey together. God has more for us and you. Here's the second thing I'm going to ask us. Let's go all in. Let's go all in. The prophet Jeremiah, we have a little condition though. The prophet of Jeremiah says, you will seek me and find me, but you got to do something. It's conditional. When you seek me with all your heart, when you decide to go all in, you're going to seek me and find me, but I need all of you. 
Not a part of you, but all of you. And you may be sitting here this morning saying, you know what, Ryan? All right, I'm going to give Holy Spirit a shot as long as he doesn't do crazy things. Can I say this? God, if you have it, we want it. And every gift is good from our Heavenly Father. So this Holy Spirit thing is good. We just got to have a healthy biblical understanding of exactly what Holy Spirit does in our lives. So we don't get weird. But we get filled and we get power in our lives. Here's the last. Develop an intimate friendship with Holy Spirit. I promise you this. If you journey with me and you get yourself open to hear from God, to speak from God, to be filled by Him, Holy Spirit will be your best friend. And you'll wake up every morning sitting there going, all right, God, where are we going today? I'm yours. I promise you this. Storms of life will seem very small now. I promise you that. Because your perspective changes. And you'll realize my God is bigger than any storm I face. This is minuscule to the God I worship. You'll start seeing with new eyes and new perspective. The amazing grace of the master, Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God and the intimate friendship of Holy Spirit be with you all. So lastly, God the Father loves you. If you haven't nailed this down, no, no matter what you did last night, God loves you. He loves you. God the Son saves you. Jesus Christ went to the cross for you so you and I can be reconciled and restored and redeemed back to the Father. He lavishes his love on you. He said, you know what? I'm going to send my own son to die for you. And God the Holy Spirit is in you. And that's the journey we want to go on of understanding who is living in us. As I close, you know of him now. We've set two weeks of a foundational thing of just understanding you know of him. But do you know him? Do you know Holy Spirit personally? So Father God, we want every good and perfect gift from you. You call us sons, you call us daughters, and we thank you so much. And God, I, I, I feel like I need to pray this in this moment, God, that I think we have in this room right now, there are definitely fears and barriers that we have put up with you. Whatever it is, bad experiences, things we've seen, in the name of Jesus, will you destroy any fear, any barrier, any misperception we have about Holy Spirit? We want to be a people that are moved by you, filled by you, because we cannot do this life without you. We will try, but we will fall down over and over again. May we live into the power and filling of Holy Spirit in our lives. May we be people marked by your presence. I think that's a big difference with people who are believers of God or disciples and followers of Jesus. They're marked by your presence.
May we journey together with grace, with understanding. God, will you stretch us but not break us? May our faith be stretched and bent but strengthen because of the reps and resistance. Will you awaken our souls to you, Holy Spirit? I feel that as though there's some of us that our souls have been in a sleep for a far too long state, and it's time to awaken, awaken us to you, Father. Awaken us to you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. As the team's up here, with our closing song, I just want to take a moment. I want you to stay seated and allow this song to be a prayer over your life. It's called Awakening. That we would go into this series with an open heart saying, God, if there's anything that I didn't know, will you awaken me to you? So sit back and allow this song to be a blessing and a prayer over you as we seek Holy Spirit together.